0: Welcome to the Daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at vfntv.com. Enjoy. I want to talk to you today about a simple statement, something that we need to get so inside of us, and it's called the urgency of now. I mean, it's so important because you know, there comes a point in time where something's about to happen, something is about to take place, and and so often you know that those that are adversarial, those that are threatening, those that you know, uh, you know, say they're gonna do these terrible things, horrible things, or have horrible plans, so many people just automatically, automatically believe that that's gonna happen, but the truth is, there's an urgency of now for us to be able to stand up and begin to do what God has called us to do in this day. Do you know that God loves you? God's got, his, got a plan for your life, and that He has good things in store, but we have to actually lock in to our awesome, merciful, loving, and kind God. We have to seek Him while He may be found, but He wants us to do that. You know, over and over again, I don't know if you've uh, gone to our particular partners area, but we have a great area there for everybody that's a partner. It's a simple thing to be able to become a partner. Just go to vfntv.com, click on partner, you can find out how. But it's about positioning yourself to be able to receive from God. King Jehoshaphat, understood the urgency of now. He had a report that somebody was coming in and they were coming in to destroy God's people, destroy Israel. And he uh, did, didn't know what to do. They were stronger than him, more powerful than him, had, had more resources than he had. And it was a done deal. As a matter of fact, somebody came and told him, they'll be here within 24 hours, something of that nature. And so he goes to God and he cries out, God, what do you want me to do? He sought the Lord and the Lord has revealed to him that you've made some bad decisions. There's some things that you've done, some things that you've done that really have disappointed me, son, basically. And, he's, and, he's, and God revealed that to him so he could repent for it. And what he did, he made some bad alliances. He made some bad connections, some bad partnerships. He partnered with nations. He partnered with leaders that he said had not partnered with, even those who professed to be walking with God. Because what it was, it was a partnership with another king, a king of Israel, but a king that was in rebellion to God. So just because someone says they're with God, but they're openly in rebellion to God, we have to be careful in those kind of alliances. But understand, when he found that out, all God wanted him to do was to repent. That's it. And begin to say, you know what? The urgency of now, listen, it was counting down. Think about it. In 24 hours, this is going to be happening. In 24 hours, he has to seek God. He has to hear what God says. He has to uh, incorporate the plans of God. He has to communicate the plans of God to the people. And the people have to believe the God who gave the plans and follow the leadership which God has established. And then they had to march out in total faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And he said, the battle's not yours. The battle's the Lord's. The victory will be yours if you follow the plan of God. And God was shifting things back to where he got the glory and the credit for who he is. He's God. I mean, think about it. He's creator of the universe. He's the one that gave his son that we might be forgiven and you know, all of our sins and, and, and brought into the family of God and to be heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I mean, think about that. I mean, he, he's holding everything together, and if we lose track and we turn to alliances and wrong partnerships and, and against the plans and the wills of God, will of God, then we have to say, you know what, God, you're right, I'm sorry, God, I you know, forgive me for that, but also the nation needs to see, the church needs to see, those who profess to be Jesus Christ's uh, sons and daughters, you know, the, the Christian, Christ followers, need to see us you know, as the church and leaders in the church to be able to say, you know what, you know, we made bad alliances. We turned to government. We did this. We did that. But the truth is God was enough. We didn't need to add to God. We didn't need to add to God to the point that it cost us $1.3 million per baptized believer, according to George Bonner and his statistics, that we turned to to money instead of turning to God. When Jesus plainly told us that we can't serve God in money, we have to make up our mind, that 97% According to George of regular church attenders no longer honor God with, the finances, with their finances, with tithes and offerings. And we can say, God, that was wrong. I want to honor you. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. The work of our hands is only blessed because you bless the work of our hands. It's a, it's a turning back to God. And it's and understanding the rant and the rave of the enemy, they, they, they have nothing up on God. They have nothing up on God at all. God is getting our attention saying, will we turn back to him? Will we Will we, does, he, does, he, does he have our attention? You know, I was speaking just recently to, to uh, someone in law enforcement about, you know, in law enforcement, you know, when you're, uh, and I was a former law enforcement officer, so I'm speaking from experience, but when they, they use what's called minimum force necessary, when they ask you to do something verbally, you're expected to do what they ask you to do. And then if you don't do that particular thing they ask you to do, they escalate to the next lowest level. For example, they may give you a verbal, verbal command that says, drop the knife. And you can just drop the knife. Or they may say, put your hands behind your back so I can cuff you. But if you don't do that, there's going to be a next level of intensity that the officer has to measure out and say, okay, I'm going to talk with a louder voice. Drop the knife. And if you don't drop it, then they're, they're, they say, listen, you know, I have this, I have this gun. And if you, don't, I'm gonna ha- if, you, if you don't drop that knife, you're in a danger. You need to drop the knife. And if you make any overt action towards anyone, and then it escalates all the way to the point where if I can't use a stun gun, if I can't do this, all of a sudden he's going to have to shoot this particular man who comes after him or a citizen with a knife. But he could have dropped the knife and dropped the knife. He could have dropped the knife when, God's, God's, when the officer says, just drop the knife. God is saying he's so merciful. We have a, this is nothing compared to what, uh, if we don't turn, what it's gonna be like. I mean, this is nothing. There is an urgency of now for us to say, wait a minute, he's telling us, drop the knife. Things are escalating. Our first ISIS attack, you know, is in Texas. You have to understand Texas if you've never been to Texas before. I mean, the very fact of happening in the, in the, the, the Lone Star State, a state that's, that knows who they are and that stands up for you know, their constitutional rights and their state constitution, I mean, it's amazing that it's taking place there. The first Sharia-like court is taking place in Texas. We need to get, these are like warnings. God's saying, okay, this is what's happening. According to Kamal Salim with Kul Ministries, he's talking about, you know, an estimated of 450,000 radical uh, jihadists have crossed our, our borders. Well, they just said on the news last night, reportedly that, that uh, um, uh, the, the ISIS has taken credit for this particular, according to the, um, the AP poll, Associated Press, that taking credit for this, uh, this attempt on American citizens in Garland, Texas. And then they're saying, hey, we have them all over the country. And they even named five specific states. That's, that's like, these are like early warnings for us to go, you know what, I'm gonna drop the knife. I'm gonna drop the idol. I'm gonna honor you, God. This is the urgency of now. This is so important for us to be able to respond, which means we just gotta begin to move in that direction. We're going to talk today about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or Bonhoeffer, depending on who's talk, who you're talking to about that. But this man was amazing in how he looked at things. We're going to look at our country and how our country is being, you know, organized in this fashion, in a systematic way, but in a way that is almost like minimum force necessary. At some point in this process, we can just go, God, like Jehoshaphat, dear God, we see that we're going to be destroyed if we don't turn to you. God, we see that we're going to lose this freedom that we have if we don't turn to you. God, we see that we're going to lose our economy if we don't honor you with the economy that you entrusted to us, our finances. God, we see you said every nation divided against itself won't stand. I mean, think about that. And we're divided. Everything that can be divided, it seems, has been divided. And we're going to talk about that, but we can be like Jehoshaphat. We can understand the urgency of now and begin to respond to it. And this is like that clarion call. We gotta rise up and, and don't look and go, yeah, they need to do something about it. It's us, we need to do something about it. And one way they can do it is, is say, you know what, I'm gonna stand up, I'm gonna pray for and I'm gonna partner with VFN TV every single month. I'm gonna prayerfully and financially partner with VFN TV. I am gonna be a sponsor and join all the sponsors, and I'm gonna visit those sponsors. But not only that, I'm gonna get in the streets. I'm going to go to my gatherings or my church gathers, and I'm going to say, even if you have to be the Dietrich Bonhoeffer amongst your fellowship and just go, you know what? This ain't right. We have to turn back to God. We've all sinned, but we have a forgiving God and he can actually forgive every one of us and restore us just like he did Israel. More when we get back from the break. This is, this is the urgency of now, John. I mean, this is that moment. And the thing about if you don't, if we don't understand the urgency of now, you know, I mean, if you tally it all up and you think about the urgency of now, that um, the reason why you have to say that is because the people don't understand the urgency, right. the urgency of the time. And it's real crazy. I mean, you know, some people's survival technique is just to take some sleeping pills and pass out and wake up in 30 days. Let
1: me know how it worked out. You right. know, I'm
0: going to intoxicate myself with entertainment. I'm going to talk myself, intoxicate myself with movies. And and I'm I'm not saying that's a I'm just saying that that that's all you're doing. Right. You know that that. Imagine going straight from you know watching some Dolby Dual Sound. <laughs> we call it big theater. Um, IMAX movie theater with the biggest, nicest, freshest popcorn and people waiting on you, you know, hand and foot, people waiting on you hand and foot and um, going from there to chemical showers and to ovens and to the grave. I mean, that's how that's how it works. In fact, uh, when you look at history, Mm -hmm. there's one thing you can learn from history is it repeats itself. Which is great because it's hard enough for us to have repeated history and <laughs> to wake up. You know yeah, it's like if we had new history. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it just comes with different names. You know, it's different a- looks, different concepts in regards to using the same principles that Lucifer used in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's interesting how repetitive it is. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, of all the people that said that was the wisest man yeah. on the face of the earth outside of Jesus Christ, which was um, Solomon. Mm-hmm. I mean, he asked God for wisdom and um, so many things the Lord is revealing right now. And you hear about end times and you hear about, you know, uh, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and then Daniel had to actually have the dream before he would actually know what it was and right. God revealed to him the dream. And the dream was specifically, you know, about what's going to happen in the future. Which all of that, but one pretty much has happened. And now uh, it's in history. Mm. This last kingdom that's going to bring great trouble to the face of the earth is the, this kingdom of it's made of uh, iron and clay, mm. you know, iron and clay. And I can't help but think, and especially what the Lord is revealing to me is, um, that, um, you know, this this uh, Islamism, you know, this this radical Islam is much stronger than the theories of their other counterpart of that prophecy where people are going, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be such and such. I'm not going to say what people say it's going to be for years. And the truth is, I mean, even the smartest man will look at you every now and then and go, I didn't see that coming. Every man knows a part, prophesies a part, every one of us, definitely including us. So we yeah. you know, verify everything in God's word that we're saying and go with what God says. But we meant to, we hope to provoke you to begin to think, and we just wanted to get right into to this today to understand that um, you know God has shown me some things that I'm leaning strongly right now towards that um, this radical form of Islam or uh, Islamization they call it or something mm-hmm. of that nature, which means you know they want the Caliphate to be the ultimate rule versus the Muslim who is you know just basically. Uh, under the Constitution of American, yeah. and it's totally different folks. It's, it's not the same kind, and uh, but they're quiet. Mm. But they're quiet. So, you know, in that that, uh, and by the way, I just heard reportedly. My, I'm hearing feedback in my in my ears. But the reportedly, the Congress is saying this. Congress is reportedly saying this. The reason why we're not saying something and doing something is because the church is silent. Wow. If the church would wake up and and stand up and support us, we would do it. But they're not supporting us. You know why? Everybody's trying to save themselves. Hmm. Everybody's saying we got to just get through this. And now we have elections coming up, and people are going like, "All we need is a the it's right a good,
1: good person, the there.
0: right mm-hmm. just man." Yeah. And that's what they thought, you know, with Germany, they thought, you know, we this democracy thing is not happening, so we just need the right man. And guess what? There was this this man who went from being imprisoned and jailed for his actions to um, uh, running for office in hmm. in Germany. And they had a democracy, but they weren't used to democracies. They were used to to a king. They were used to, you know, the czar that would just say this is how it's gonna go. And so they got democracy after World War One, you know, the Weimar Republic, and they didn't they thought all the the debating and we got to learn how to move in a democracy. Because mm-hmm. a democracy is you share your opinion, you call your congressperson, your senator, and you show up at an event and you go, I understand you feel this way. This is how I feel. And I know that we have Sixty-one percent of us that feel this way, right. and we want you to represent the majority of what's going on. They didn't; they were uncomfortable with that, according, mm-hmm. you know, to to this uh, uh, autobiography by Eric McTaxis called Bonhoeffer. You got to get this. This is like a net. Na- this is like a reading for all of us. Every one of us. We need mm-hmm. to read it and understand. We are in those days, and um, <clears throat> that uh, they just thought, "Let's well, just chaos. It's confusing. It's just radical. You know, we just need one person." They can just—and that's what they were used to. They were used to dictatorships. Mm-hmm. They were used to a, a king, a czar, that type of thing. And so they gave up democracy. The parliament, the Weimar par- parliament, voted their own death. Hmm. Hitler ran. Hitler made it. They really believed that this guy was going to provide for them jobs. They were going This stuff about jobs, it's not the government's job to provide us jobs. When the government provides us jobs, it looks a lot like Joseph and the, the Jews, and it looks like Pharaoh and mm. Egypt. When the government begins to provide jobs, you know, 20%, John, the reports are 20% of the the people in Baltimore are employed by the U.S. government. Really? 20%. That's huge. That's huge. It's huge. And, and that's proof positive that federal employment is not the answer to peace. <laughs> yeah, right? no doubt. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about that. that. We're in those days, and democracy is a messy thing democracy is it, it it doesn't look it doesn't look um, you know like it's all gonna work out but you got to share your opinion so you have a lot of people sharing their opinions and the moment people start telling people you can't share your opinion you cannot say what's on your heart you cannot um, uh, you cannot um, um, speak the truth you know whatever the truth is to you the moment we say that, We've entered into a realm. We've. There's a, The First Amendment is there for us in the U.S. Constitution so that we can keep our democracy. The moment you can't speak, whether it's by force or fear, the moment you fail to speak is the moment we lose our democracy. It's the moment we lose it. We can't just hold on because the people that really are speaking are not. They're not the majority. They're just the loudest people. I
1: mean, you've said this for so long that you know you. You can be. Uh, be ignorant in a blessed land for for a long time, and I think that a lot of people just they were so blessed that they're not even paying attention. They're they're taking off the responsibility and allowing somebody else to think for them, to vote for them, to make decisions for them, to decide what they need to do. And so they're just kind of watching it all play out instead of actively being engaged and being a part and taking responsibility. Of course, when it goes down, then they'll blame someone else.
0: And in, in, in we, became, I mean, we only use the word "they" because we are "they." There's only us, you know. I, mean, I know what you're saying, though, right? Because it's us, you know, and we're we're trying to do our best in sure. the context of that. But we have—I mean—Dietrich was talking and talking and talking to the church and talking to the people. They trying to be so careful because they wanted to partner with 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 the Führer. And Führer means leader, by the way. So Hitler began to change the whole concept of that. But they just—he was a political man. They thought they thought that he had some great ideas. They they didn't like all of his ideas. But listen, if, if, in fact, 90% of the ideas of the leader choice that you're choosing is something you agree with, and 10% is Satan, you hmm. dump the 90%. Right. I mean, if you're eating a brownie, I mean, come on. If you're eating a brownie, you go, going, man, this brownie's good. And somebody says, well, you know, 99% of that is chocolate, flour, butter, and everything. But there's 1% of it that comes from my dog in the backyard. You're going to chunk it. That's right. But for some reason, you know, we're taking... we're Americans, especially people in the church, are choosing leaders that that there is, you know, I mean, even Satan comes as an angel of light. He says, no wonder they call his servants, call his uh, those that follow him ser- a servants of righteousness. I mean, it's going to come. He, Satan comes as an angel of light. So it's not the fact that somebody doing something good. It's the fact that, is it God? You know, Ooh. is it God? Is there fruit there in the context yeah. of that? And so they were buying into, they were buying into... Um, Hitler thinking he was a good choice. I and mean, this is prior. They're, they're still months away from the camps. They're months away mm. from the closing of the businesses. And 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 so what, what Hitler had to do, uh, he had to begin to divide everybody. He had to begin to polarize everybody, which means separate them. If you look at history, some of the techniques he learned, it came from, you know, reports are from, you know, Goebbels comes from America and the concept with Woodrow Wilson and how he began to, we use propaganda and that's a big thing that that um, Hitler used was propaganda during his reign of terror but it began I mean people didn't know they didn't realize that in a few months that that he was going to take the Christian Bible out of the Christian church or the church if you call it that the people that are partnering with him mm. because the church wanted to connect with him they thought this is what they thought John they thought that if we just I we don't agree with everything he's doing but if we get into the inner circle, we'll have influence over him. Mm. And so we're not seeing that now. And Dietrich's (laughs) going, well, you don't, it's the devil. You don't partner with the devil. Hitler was, you know, totally 100% a devil's puppet, you know? And so in that he, he's talking to him and they're, they're, they're just not hearing the fact you cannot do this. And then they had a paragraph, you know, that Hitler wanted approved. It was called the Aryan Paragraph. And and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was part of the Church Reformation, who really got born again in Harlem, by as well. Mm-hmm. But the um, and went back to Germany to be part of the, of the German Reformation. But the paragraph, the Arian, I'm mean, think about that. The Arian paragraph, and the Arian paragraph said basically, since the church is nationalized now, and that's a big thing, nationalized, and we'll talk about that in a moment that uh that you have to agree to this Aryan paragraph which means the Jews cannot be in a, a, a messianic Jew a Jew who's decided to you know follow Jesus as the Messiah and has been baptized and is part of the church that you cannot recognize them as that. Hmm. And so the national merged Hitler version and you understand they don't have the privilege of history like we were looking back at what happened after they did right. that. So now we're obligated to to stand before God and say we knew what would happen after this. And so Anyway, so um, uh, the national church said, listen, this is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. They're our brothers. They're Christians. But for us to continue moving on with this new leader, we just need to have the the Jewish Christian church where they, they come together and they meet, and then we'll have the German Christian church. Wow. And so everything's fine. We still love them, but we can't meet together because of the Aryan paragraph. Well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's going... Hello, you know, there's no longer a Jew. There's no longer a Gentile. There's no longer a slave or free or male or female. We're all one. You cannot reject the Jewish man. And Mm. he has the privilege, by the way, Dietrich has the privilege of understanding because this is coming in the presence of and after America had done this to the African-American. He was in Harlem and he was shocked in Harlem when he was there, how the American people treated their own citizens and how they segregated them and how they set them apart and how they persecuted them and that the the pastor in Harlem who led him to the lord is going like please let the world know about what's happening here and then he goes Hitler comes after that america after that and um and so these things that are learned I mean you think about that it's like it's, it's just hmm. saying, you know manifest so so he's talking this he you can't I can't we can't sign this approve of this aryan paragraph and this is the thing, this is kind of where we're headed. We're going to talk about that because you first have to divide before you conquer. And so you'll it'll start making sense when you're seeing what's ha- taking place in society today. why every single thing is is being bad. And the only thing that's being good is something like radical Islam or the Muslim Brotherhood is like, what you, that is the evil thing. And the thing that you're calling evil is good. Kind of sounds familiar, don't it? You know, you think about what's taking place in regards to, um, you're wondering, everything that can be attacked has been attacked verbally, it's been attacked with, with accusations made against it. I mean, starting with the very beginning with the Constitution. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about, and you have to first, uh, I mean, you got to you know find out and go to vfntv.com and, and go to the torch about children, organizers of the night versus organizers of the day. I mean, do due, due, due diligence, find out what this is, but... These are Saul Alinsky tactics, rules for radicals that are being used, but it's something that Lucifer used since the beginning. How you know that? The author himself, the mentor of our president and Hillary Clinton, dedicated the book to mm-hmm. the first one that used the tactics. And so, um, so what they're, they're, so part of those tactics are? You got to take what is good and what presently people trust in, and you got to begin to target it. You got to begin to criticize it. You got to begin to get people. It says things like, if you repeat a lie long enough, people believe it. And all you got to do is just keep saying these words and just people just begin to buy into it. And you ask people how they know stuff. They'll say stuff like, well, nobody's asked me that. They told 20 people Hmm. and you find out they just happened to overhear it when somebody else was telling somebody else and they never asked someone, what's the source of that? And that's what we tried. Everything we tried to do by God's grace is to provide for you a source. So when you're talking to someone you can go to VFNTV.com, go to the torch, and look at the bottom of each segment, each, each um, program that we've had. And we give you articles, newspapers, videos of where we're gathering this information at so, so you can speak with intelligence or at least help you begin a research to to to, to understand how we came about that. Sure. And and that's where Dietrich, Dietrich Bonho- Bonhoeffer. Had uh, his family were highly intelligent, they were um, uh, actually they were athe- his, uh, his, his family, his, his parents, and all that they were atheists. Mm. But he, um, long story short, you know, he, he got into ministry for profession, but it wasn't until he got to Harlem, New York, that he came into the kingdom. Mm. It looks like and gave his life to the Lord. And so um, things are being divided. And if you remember some of the things that Uh, that was first said was, you know, the Constitution, it's really an outdated document. It's a list of negative rights. And uh, we need, you know, in other words, it's like there's some more rights that you need to get versus the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence says all our rights come from God, not government. But that whole argument began to cause people to begin to think, yeah, we need the government to give us some more rights. It's like they never gave us any to begin with. If we are the people who does that. And, and it says very specifically that we believe that all of our rights come from God. That's what the documents say. So the government doesn't give us rights, but we as the people decide this is what we want as a law. But in regards to our personal rights, you know, they come from God. And somehow they just, people just begin to think, sure. you know, That's right. we, need, we need the government to the point, you know, that people are turning to government for everything.
1: Right. So true. You keep looking at that and you start saying, wait a minute. Um, And again, we need to look back at our original founding documents and find out what happened. There were twenty-seven reasons. Why they wrote Not out. just one. Not just one. It's not just Declaration taxation without representation. 27 reasons. Yeah, right. And read these documents. And I remember reading it for the first time because a lot of this the stuff— tyranny
0: was one of the biggest reasons. Yeah. Busting into your houses, searching you without a reason, all these things that are happening. And now.
1: And, it's, and it's happening now. You're talking about that's, that's the Fourth Amendment, you know, that protects against illegal searches and seizures. They were looking to put a stamp tax on everything that you owned at the time. And it's just completely unfair. We well,
0: have yeah, the first amendments being uh, attacked The well, first amendment gives you the right to be able to say whatever you're going to say. It gives you the right to preach or talk about, you know, Jesus is all you want to uh, operate within your faith. They can't make any laws. Government cannot make any laws concerning your, your faith. Uh, it gives you freedom of press. So th- the, all kinds of ways that's been, you sure. know, attacked in the context of that. Now they got this You have CNN anchors editing people's speeches while they're interviewing them. Okay. I got a lot of things to cover. So I can't go into a lot of details. We're going to cover them quickly. But um, the last thing a journalist would want to do is edit your speech. The whole point to sticking the mic in your face is to find out what you think and what you feel. We want to hear what's going on. And they're going like, we don't use that word anymore. It's like, you're the press. You don't tell people the words. So anyway, and now you're seeing also, you know, the attacks of on, you know, Christianity This. This 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 uh, Christian Holocaust. You think about of all the things that could be happened when people heard you know hope and change and fundamental transformation. The last thing that the church thought would happen that Christians will be being beheaded and raped and yeah. murdered and put into servitude in and you know in, in Oklahoma. A lady that I would, you know, it's a probability maybe she would have voted for, for you know, current leadership, that type of thing. But she had no idea that she would actually get her head cut off mm. in the workplace from somebody who said that she would not. He, uh, reports are that he he wanted them to convert to Islam and they weren't going to convert. And if it wasn't for the man having a Second Amendment understanding, a gun, in the workplace, he would have beheaded more employees. In America. And, and nobody's talking about it. We're called Fort Hood you know, workplace, workplace violence, a you know, soldier shooting a soldier is sort of like your right lung shooting your left lung. That's a major Hello? event, you know, when people in the same clothes, same uniform, same pledge, same constitution are attacking each other. That's a horrific event. And so we're seeing that happen. All of a sudden the uniform is defamed and, you know, we're trying to pull our troops out. And the you're seeing the military where in um, Yemen where they're saying, you know, uh, take the bullets out of your gun. Don't ride in a military vehicle when you leave here. You know, leave Yemen. And now Yemen's all in this whole, you know, you're seeing this defamed. Mm. And then you're seeing, you know, attacks, like I said, on, on the Christians in regards to, you know, a lot of different things. But one is, you know, we're telling you, you're going to have to kill your baby in your womb. If if your employee decides that they want to kill their baby while it's still in their their womb, you have to pay for that actually to take place. It's like, what? Yeah. You know, it's bad enough that it's happening, but now you're saying to this person who loves God, who loves their employee, by the way, who hired them. You didn't hire them. They pay you taxes based on their payroll. They show more love for that employee than you do. And now you're coming in and telling them that they have to pay to kill their child in their womb, pay for abortion. That's just an attack. That's all that's going on. Just more things of that nature. Uh, you see businesses being, being attacked just like this. I'm telling this happened. It happened within seven-month time period. In Germany, the very same thing started going on. Within seven months, John, they went from from everybody's doing business to to Jews going, you don't do business with them. You tear their stores up. You boycott them. All these different things It's happening right this moment. It's an urgency of now. And so then you're seeing law enforcement. There's no way. I mean, I'm talking to you as a former law enforcement officer. This country would not even exist on a day-to-day basis without officers who wake up every morning, every night, whenever they go. And they decide, she or he decides to continue to work in your community, decides to put on a uniform, which includes a bulletproof vest, you know, to be able to go out there and for 8, 10, 12 hours to patrol around your house so you can sleep at night, to patrol around your business so people like, you know, happened to Hitler, don't come into your business right there. And they decide that. Well, now you see over and over again it's being attacked. Yeah, The whole institution of law enforcement and the, and the, the concept of law enforcement. In every aspect of society, there's people who are doing wrong things, but all of society is not wrong. But you're seeing specifically where you get people are losing their trust. In the Constitution, their trust in Christian employers, their trust in Christian businesses, their trust in law enforcement. Well, I, a particular wife of a lieutenant says, you know, my husband is so downcast now, uh, he goes to work and everybody wants to fight him. Why? Because of the argument that's coming against the institutional concept of law enforcement. And uh, in Baltimore, we you, you see what's going on there, and you had a, a mayor saying, we're going to have curfew in 24 hours— but we're going to give time for those who want to destroy. And we talked about that on previous program, but understand that caused officers to have to stand in the street. And I was just talking to an officer yesterday and going like, that's like you standing in the street and people stoning you and the mayor, not allowing you to go because you're, you're caught by the mayor. The mayor controls, determines what the police officers are going to do. They work for the mayor and the city council. And so they said, stand there. So big stones are being thrown at the permission of the mayor, of the mayor, yeah. and by the way, that's your neighbor, it's your friend, it's your son, it's your husband, it's your daughter. I mean, officers are people who just choose to take that occupation to be there for us. And we saw in New Orleans, you know, during the case of Hurricane Katrina, they can decide just to leave, and yeah. all of a sudden, we're left to ourselves. And that's what would want to happen. So Al Sharpton, who was a CNN, you know, uh, news person, uh, NBC, NBC C- uh, MSNBC, uh, MSNBC, MSNBC. MSNBC. And you know, one who allegedly the the president calls in to be able to help and send out to Ferguson in different places, he was down there with, An advisor, with advisor, with advisor, with uh, down in South Florida and different things of that nature. Well, he said specifically, you know that you know uh, that we need to federalize law enforcement. We need to basically get rid of. I'm paraphrasing. And what
1: does that mean to federalize the law enforcement? What well, exactly does that, that look like? That's <laughs> what happened
0: with. That's what they did. It was the, this. It was a federalized law enforcement, no longer having a. Police department, who you determine who the mayor is right. going to be, who determines what those police officers are going to do for you or to you, or you vote in a sheriff, and the sheriff is so important who that person is. It's so important who you choose for your sheriff. So important. And it's so important for the sheriff to build relationships with the community that, that he or she is enforcing. But they're wanting to do it with the sheriff and the police. That's what the statement means. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now you have some federalized American police officer coming in with a tank or a gun or whatever. And It is not accountable to the citizen. That's Hitler. That's that. This is the whole thing that happened during the time of Germany. Mm. And it happened very quickly, too. And so then you see the attack on, on that aspect of law enforcement. And uh, now you're seeing also an attack on education. I mean, whoever thought that the answer to Georgia's teacher issue is to have 30 teachers arrested and shamed and f- shamed the whole education system... In front of the whole world, There's a way probably to deal with that better than putting handcuffs on a teacher right. or a principal. But you know what that did? The same thing as everything else. It caused everybody to look shamefully on education. It caused them to start categorizing, just like, just like police officers, you know, now are having carrying this reputation, going like people are going, "You're like that officer I saw so and so," and now they're looking at teachers going, "You're like that teacher I saw in Georgia." As a matter of fact, Houston, Houston, just uh, this yesterday, I believe. A Houston principal at Westbury High School is reportedly uh, being charged or going to be charged or being removed for fixing grades on this test. And they're just wow. broadcasting this to bring shame on the, the very concept of this is what they're saying. They're saying that we need to nationalize education. We need to nationalize the police. We need to nationalize rights. We need to give you the rights. Let's just listen we need to Matter of fact, you know, we just need a Fuhrer. If we had a Fuhrer mm. You know, if he had a furrier, I don't agree with everything that he's saying or she's saying, but I know if we get close enough to, listen, the urgency of now. uh, We are talking, we're obviously not going to get everything in this program. Mm -hmm. So join us. We're going to continue this talk in our next program because it is the urgency of now. This is the urgency of now. But you look at, you know, when it's this whole school, and the goal is of those who, of Lucifer and those who follow him and those who want to harm our country and those who, who want to harm things good and who want to harm the Jews and want to harm the Christians, uh, they have to first take what's good and make it seem bad. They got to take up and make it seem down. They got to take yes and make it seem no, because you have to buy into the thing. Even Hitler had to get people to vote for him. I mean, you think about it, Doesn't things just don't happen. You have to decide, Am, do I want to go this way? And the urgency of now is saying, no, you don't want to go this way. They didn't know when they were following uh, Hitler and electing him in, and he was doing these Fuhrer-type things, and he was doing this czar-type stuff, and democracy was kind of new to them. They didn't realize that they would be in ovens, that they would be in camps, they would be in ghettos, that Christians would lose the Bible and, and Mein comp. He would write his own Bible, and he'd force people to have it. And that was right around the corner. It was rapidly right around the corner. And the enemy knows that he can only do that for a short period of time, and then all of a sudden, you know, God will come in. So, you know, you're looking at that, it would be a rapid destruction if we don't wake up. It's the urgency of now. And so, you look at the First Amendment uh, that is going on with education and, and, and with the schools. I mean, you look at the, the Second Amendment, I mean, with the, the school shootings and all of a mm-hmm. sudden, it's tragedy, it's, it's horrific. But the answer is not taking away guns. If they would have taken away the gun of the man that was in the, the supervisor in Oklahoma, more people would have been beheaded by this sure. radical jihadist that was there doing jihad on his fellow employees after he had been fired. Can you imagine firing someone? And I have, you know, had answered calls as a law enforcement officer where, you know, somebody fired somebody and they came back that night with a gun to, ki- to, to kill the person. Wow. That, they shot the person that, that fired, fired them. them and were, you know, holding hostage type stuff. But you're looking at, that's under attack. The family's under attack. And we're going to talk more about the family being under attack and, you know, marriage being under attack. And you to got to hold on to what's right because— Everything in you, just like the people of the day during, um, you know, Hitler and there was going on, they really were thinking, because they didn't know we have the benefits of looking at what happened after they did what they did. They didn't have that benefit. They didn't really know that this kind of evil existed. Even the people that were right by the camps, the concentration camps where they had, you know, not just 6 million Jews, but a lot of people over 11 million people he killed. Understand they didn't even connect and some of the things the Lord is showing us, I'm telling you, and I don't have it to be able to show you today. Maybe I will on the next program. But, um, you know, Jonathan, you know, part of the VFN Dream Center, God speaks to him and shows him that this is our future if we don't turn. Our future is that same concept where people aren't connecting to our suffering. If the, if the goal is to, to do away with you, to, to, to uh, remove you, to take you off of the out of life and, and, and possibly even in your life, Uh, That has to be done in a way that that people are just convinced that's just the best thing for our society, you know, that it's not couldn't be that bad what's going Mm. on in the camps. And it wasn't until after the soldiers came in and, and defeated Hitler and his troops did they walk to the camps and find out really what was going on. That's footage that you see today. But understand, that was a short period of rain, but it was a rain of terror, but it began with the church sleeping. They didn't understand the urgency of now, and Dietrich, they thought Dietrich had lost his mind. Dietrich, and he's going, he's realizing at some point, this ain't the church. Wow. This is not the church. The church is someone who's actually following Jesus Christ. The church is someone who, who doesn't partner with bad government. The church is someone, despite what happens to any government anywhere, that they stay loyal to the government of God and the kingdom of God. And so Dietrich Dietrich tries to partner, he tries to get everybody together, and he tries to get the church together. And he, was, he was a person of influence, and he gets them together. And, and I'm, I'm going to talk more about this in our next program, so make sure you join us. But I want you to hear this right here, because you're looking at just amazing things that are happening. But so many bad things have happened and been discussed, and so many things have been discredited now that people just— don't even feel the discrediting of the next thing, of the next thing, of the next thing, of the next thing. I mean, you think about all the actors mm. that do all the terrible things in their movies, right, just whatever in their movies. But you have one man that played a healthy father to a, a healthy wife, Claire Huxtable, who had a healthy family. Right. And they had to go after this father figure actor versus some you know, somebody zombie with, right. eating somebody or something of that nature. But this is what it says, you know, on page 61 in, this, in uh, the, uh, the Bonhoeffer autobiography. You know, Hitler had rose to power. The church was needing to wake up the urgency of now and get unified. Uh, they were months away from persecution, from concentration camps, from chemical showers and ovens, months away from Hitler merging the church, or the church merging with Hitler, convinced that they could uh, do what, what they said they could do. Wow! And he wanted to change the faith. And I want you to see this right here, 519. I want you to see this real quickly because this is someone saying they want to lead our country, and she wants to change our deep-seated beliefs. Watch this. And deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural
1: biases have to be changed.
0: And so he was bringing everybody together, and this is what what Hitler was saying. Hitler was saying that, you know, it has to— We have to change this faith. We have to do it. This faith thing is going to, you know, we've got to minimize religion. And so this is what his quote is. quote is, there were so many theological and political points of view in the opposition that they could never muster a single focused plan of resistance. They just couldn't resist anything the devil was doing. They could not unite. They could not come together. And this is my challenge to you. All we can do is what we can do together. Join with us. Listen, this ain't your father's Ozmobile. Join with VFN TV. Stand with us. We are going to talk more about this in our next program, but we're not going to sit idly by. We're not going to stay silent. As long as we can speak, as long as we can act, as long as we can move, we are going to stand up in a loving way, in a kind way, in a truthful way. We're going to be, I believe we're going to have an army of Dietrich Bonhoeffers that say, you're right, God. These things that are being discredited should not be discredited. These are things that you've given us, not perfect. You're perfect, God. And with your grace, they can be in a place that you want them to be again. I want to challenge you. We're going to have to come together. There's there's something very specifically that the Moravians who prayed for 100 years, interestingly, on a farm in, in Germany, for 100 years, and they're part of the foundational concept of birthing a nation called the United States of America. And this is what we need to understand in the essentials, unity. In the non essentials, liberty. And in all things, love. We can come together. We can come together. This preference stuff, we just got to give people liberty with it. It's not that significant. What's significant is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the blood shed on the cross of Christ who forgives sins. The only way to God is through his Son, and we can begin to come together. We've got to come together. We cannot repeat the sins of those who have gone before us as written about by Dietrich, Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life. we got to wake up, and I just want to challenge you. Join us for the rest of this talk in our next program right here on VFN TV. I want to pray with you. Father God. I thank you for Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his life, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for Eric Metaxas, Father God, that wrote this autobiography. And I pray, Lord, for each and every one that's watching, Lord, that you would stir their heart for the urgency of now, that we would shake ourselves and realize that the enemy's trying to discredit every single thing. And you said very specifically, Jesus, even a nation divided, even a family divided, everything divided will fall. Help us, God, to become united in Jesus Christ, to come united for your purposes, we pray. In Jesus' name. I would want to challenge you right now. Go to VFNTV.com and stand. This is not your father's Ozmobile. We need you to stand monthly, prayerfully, financially. Partner, a buck, ten bucks, a thousand dollars, whatever it is. It's time. We're gonna to have to do it. We're gonna be focusing next program. You gotta catch this because we're gonna go over a detailed plan of what we're gonna do and where we're gonna go. God bless. <laughs> You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the Daily Radio program, where we're keeping the conversation light. Listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN torch at vfntv.com. Don't forget about our VFN TV app, where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share with your friends. We wanna thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at vfntv.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or a partner, you can do so at vfntv.com. VFN TV and the Daily Radio Program, where we're keeping the conversation light.